Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, we touch base with Mike and Kristen Berry from the Honestly Adoption Company. Um, they were gracious enough to join us and just kind of share their story, share their life with us and uh, how they got into this line of work, how they got into um, the uh, trauma-informed uh, connection and attachment-based parenting world. And uh, their, their story is really great and interesting. And just a uh, one note, I would say something that I really enjoyed um, hearing from them is just how they've grown. And um, as they've grown over time, just being willing to always look, always evaluate, always see where they're at um, and say, hey, do we do we have some stuff to learn here? Should, should there be something that we um, look at from a different perspective or um, or consider, uh, consider that maybe we were wrong in some areas before? Um, that idea that we've, we've heard, you know, a million times before and um, and, and that we talk about often on the podcast, that need to, to kind of air and repair. What are, the, what are the things that are going great? What are the things we need to work on? Um, and how can we make those changes um, as we go and grow? And so Mike and Kristen, great examples of that. Um, love talking with them today. Um, and just are excited to be able to, to share this episode with you. So they're going to reference a few different uh, things in the podcast. Those will be linked in the show notes below. So if you uh, get through and want to listen or want to want to jump into some of those links that they shared, um, they'll be there in the show notes below. So uh, great interview with them. We're excited for you to hear it now. Here they are, Mike and Kristen Berry. Well, as promised, here are uh, Mike and Kristen Berry, and they are here from the Honestly Adoption Company, Founders of the Honestly Adoption Company. And so, um, guys, obviously, thank you for being here. Um, for people who uh, are, are listening to this and they are not familiar with you guys or your work, um, would y'all mind just sharing a little bit about yourselves and how the, the work started and, and what prompted you getting into this style of parenting? And then we can talk more about the organization as we go. Yeah, do you want to start or me? Yeah, I, I was just looking at yeah, you like, is, like you making eye contact yeah. with yeah, me. We didn't plan this, people. We didn't plan this. No, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, I can I can certainly start we, and we talk. We tell two different versions of this story. We do. So <laughs> you tell your version. Well, I will tell. Yeah, I'll, I I will talk about uh, yeah the how this all came about. Um, and I always like to start by taking us all the way back to 1999, 1998, 1999, when Kristen and I first uh, got together, first uh, started dating in college. Um, in terms of, you know, the adoption and foster care journey, it was not a storyline that I grew up with in my family. Um, so I didn't really understand it. And Kristen um, had, a, had a big heart for adoption and foster care because it was a storyline in her family. Her youngest brother um, adopted from Bulgaria. Her grandfather uh, aged out of the foster care system. That, that's correct, right, Kristen? He aged out. Yeah, aged aged out. And so it was a big storyline for her. And so when we got together, you know, we're making all these plans for our life. And it was like, Hey, I think we should adopt. And it was kind of like that screeching, like the screeching break sound, like, wait, 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 hold on time out. And part of that was because I just didn't understand, you know, what I didn't understand what, what adoption foster care was. Plus I only had a very limited um, uh, perspective because there were a couple of kids in my in my school growing up that were in foster care. And, you know, I always saw a lot of behavioral, you know, I saw the, I saw the kid who was always behaving badly and I didn't understand that as a kid, you know, none, you know, kids don't. And so I had a very, very small window, very small perspective on that. And lo and behold, my heart changed. You know, the, 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 the quick story there is that my heart changed. 
I, uh, we, we adopted our firstborn child, uh, in 2002. She just turned 21, uh, two weeks ago. That makes us feel quite old. Um, (laughs) and, uh, uh, and, you know, in the process, we began fostering and uh, our family grew. And also, we, we suddenly recognized uh, probably, you know, six years, six, seven years into the journey that, wow, this is really hard. And we felt like we were all alone. We were isolated. We were dealing, we were dealing with behavioral issues that we didn't understand. And we felt like, okay, are we bad parents? You know, or as are we doing everything wrong? At times, we would say like, "What's wrong with this child?" And in the process, we 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 had a lot of learning to do, a lot of growing up to do, right? And in the process of that, we we suddenly realized, you know what? Um, if if we're feeling like this, I'm sure that there are other people in this world that are yeah. feeling like this. And the interesting part of this story is that in September 2012 we found ourselves at an empowered to connect conference in Nashville, oh, Tennessee yep. with uh, the amazing Karen Purvis, Dr. Karen Purvis. And that was the first, that was the the moment when we realized, Oh wait, there, there's a whole new perspective here, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's something that we did not understand about our child's behavior that now we do understand. And out of that, we just developed this heart to reach other caregivers who were feeling like us, who were struggling like us, right? Yeah. And also who didn't understand like we under, like we did not understand. And so out of that, um, originally it was a blog that we started uh, back in the day, and then it was a podcast, and then it became a full-fledged support and resource company known, yeah. as, known now as the Honestly Adoption Company. And the heart behind that is, is to help caregivers become the best caregiver possible by providing them parent-to-parent support, and in-depth, relevant resources that that will help to change their perspective and help them become a better caregiver, the best caregiver possible. So yeah. that's like awesome. the really quick version of um, what, like 10 years, eight years, <laughs> all packed into one, right? There <laughs> yeah. we go. Yeah. Chris, anything to add to that? My version is always so different. You know, Mike and I are writers at heart and... Mm-hmm. Um, we both started blogging back in the day when, when blogging was a, a brand new thing. Yeah. And his blog was called um, Repainting the Walls. Is that right? That is correct. Man, that just and, took me back. I forgot right, all about that. Mine was <laughs> called Tales from the Twelve Passenger. And we we just we just were writing because I think if you're a writer, you like to write that it's an art. Um, and we both write with a vulnerability that I think makes our very straight-laced parents uncomfortable, um, makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But um, what we found is that the the people who, you know, kind of tuned in and started reading were resonating with our, our stories. Yeah. Um, and while mine it w- was a lot of poking fun at, you know, dang, I sent my kid to kindergarten on the first day, but it turns out there was no kindergarten that day. I just <laughs> sent her to school. Literally put her By on herself. the school bus to yeah. school. Like, yeah, sing or swim, uh, take that up with your therapist later. Yeah, so, you know, we were just right about, about the things that were happening around us. Yeah. What people really started to connect with, though, 
Um, and that was probably after we sort of merged those two and it became confessions of a parent and still kind of poking fun, but we began to really dig a little deeper into, um, you know, what it's like to be out in public with your child who has an invisible disability, Mm -hmm. um, trying to support our children while trying to advocate well in school, um, and at the doctor's office. And so, people really started to connect with those stories. And what started as a hobby began to be um, kind of an important connection to other parents like us. Um, And the way that that progressed then was that Mike and I realized if we're going to do this well, we have to keep learning. Uh, And by this, I mean parenting. Uh, My number one responsibility is is this family. We care about our kids more than anything. Yeah. Um, and so if we're going to do this, well, we've got to keep learning, um, empowered to connect was kind of a, a big first step in that. And, and we meandered over to that because the tickets were inexpensive and our friends were like, Hey, want to go to Nashville for the weekend? Um, and so that, yeah. we just, the four <laughs> of us sat there, uh, they're another adoptive family also. And we just kind of sat there jaws dropped yeah. and, um, And then we started digging in more, you know, what would it mean to know more about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder? What would it mean to know more about childhood trauma, about food insecurity? And all that to say that that became then uh, the reason for the change in our title. Um, And we're probably going to talk about this in a little bit, but we're shifting again uh, because we all grow and, you know, we grow up and we change. But um, we became the Honestly Adoption Company because... Uh, we wanted to share with people uh, what had been shared with us, but also what we wished somebody would have shared with us. And we wanted to do it in a way that would feel like um, if your friend got together with you, grabbed a cup of coffee and said, I hear you, that sounds really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and after mm-hmm. after a while, you know, if you have a good friend, they don't just sit there and listen. They nod, they listen, they say, I can tell you're doing your best. I'm wondering if you've tried X, Y, Z. And so that's the field that we wanted. Yeah. The one thing I would add to that is, is, you know, we, along with, you know, that cup of coffee with a friend, you know, people have asked us, it's like, well, why, why the, why honestly, like, why, why is that word there? And that word is very intentionally there because the goal is always to share a very, an honest 360 degree perspective on the adoption journey. That's the reason why we've connected with adult adoptees and we've connected with former foster youth um, because we, and birth parents, because we believe that they are the, the, some of the best resource caseworkers, professionals, social workers, teachers. Yeah. 360 degree, honest, an an honest perspective of the, the entire journey. So yeah, and, and that's the reason why. If anybody wants to know why, why are you called the Honestly Adoption Company? That's the reason why. <laughs> well, I I love that, and I I mean I shared some off air with you guys, but like uh, that cup of coffee moment was, and I've I've told mm-hmm. this story on this show a thousand times, uh, so skip ahead if you're if you already heard this, but like, <laughs> the the moment I mean I had this moment of you know just paralysis as a parent early on mm-hmm. and. Luckily, I had access to somebody who I could go and ask a question to who wasn't going to shame me, wasn't going to kind of put me off the side or, or now begin keeping me at arm's length because, oh God, this dude's struggling. Did you hear what he said over there? You know, and I just went to him and I made the joke with him that like, I felt like I was like going to buy drugs in church or something because I was like, hey, um, <laughs> uh, 
I'm a terrible parent and I need some help. And I, you know, and, yeah. and really like I was trying to make light of it because, and joke about it because I, I was so scared of being rejected in that moment. Yeah. I had not, I had not shared that. And when you uh, go through like a fundraising process with adoption or when you become this sort of like false, false hero in your church world, because you've, mm. you've to adopt and, Oh, this, you, you guys are just so amazing. Probably you can't then come back and be like, we don't know what we're doing and we suck at this and, and yeah. something is wrong. And so, uh, the beautiful thing that Mo and Tana had created here in Memphis was this environment of, uh, of vulnerability and of, hey, we're all struggling. If you want to come and jump in the boat together, like we can all get cups and try to bail ourselves, you know, get the water out of the boat as, as it sinks. Yeah. Um, and, and that was so needed for us. And so I, I think I just applaud what y'all are doing because it's if, if we had had that information in the front end, it would have saved so much heartache um, and so much just laying up at night being like, what have we done? Like this is... Mm-hmm is not good. Like something's off here, you know? And so, um, it, all that to say, I'm, I'm with you guys. This is, it's, it's hugely, hugely needed. Um, yeah. okay. So you're talking about a name change, like, and, and changing the names and growing and all that, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. And so why don't you take us through that? If you can, I don't know if you're, if you're waiting to reveal all of that, you don't have to reveal the name, but if, if you want to tell us about that yeah. process. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, we're not ready to reveal uh, everything because we're still putting all the components together on the, uh, you know, getting everything in, in place. Those of you, anybody listening that's currently a part of our audience, don't don't worry, don't panic. We're going to take you along on this journey with us because some people are like, wait a second, what's going on? You know, it's like we're, it's like the closing of a store. We're like, no, 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 that's not what it is. We're literally right. just moving to a different block in the neighborhood, right? Uh, if you want to look at it like that. But, um, you know, Kristen mentioned this, you know, we started off Back in the day, we were confessions of a parent. Then we we became confessions of an adoptive parent. I think that was in 2014, 2015. We recognized pretty quickly that we wanted to we wanted to make sure that we did not create any confusion. Um, what uh, number one, what we were all about, and also for anybody who was you know looking into this journey or wondering, you know, what to do on this journey that we were very, very clear. So we, we became the honestly adoption company because, you know, we weren't confessing anything, you know, or like sharing any deep, dark secrets. So we realized, ah, you know what? Confessions as a, as a name, as a title, that could be a little well, bit confusing, was, you know? Yeah. It was, it was funny when it was confessions of a parent because we were, we were writing ribbon on ourselves, we were you know? Playing, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. We we're saying like, you'll never believe what I messed up. I'm the worst mom, not you. Yeah. Um, right, right. And, and then when we changed, you know, there was some, uh, yeah, that, that title felt uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and that's, and that was never our heart, never, never our intention. Sure. And, you know, I mentioned this a little while ago, we have grown up a lot, you know, as, as caregivers and realizing like, you know, when we recognize, Oh, okay. Now I understand, you know, I, I once was in the darkness, but now I can see clearly yeah. You no, know, you realize, okay, that was, that was me back then. And that's not me now, you know? And so that's kind of the, the journey that we've been on. And so, you know, we, we realized that with, with creating uh parent to parent support and mentoring and resources, training resources, um, you know, uh, educational resources that we needed something that really, you know, recognized that and, and put a, you know, put a spotlight on that. And so, uh, changing to the honestly adoption company was really uh, wh- where we felt this was back in 2019 into 2020. Yeah. We felt it needed to happen. Now we are are recognizing that th- with with caregivers that are on this journey, it's a hard journey. 
and um, a lot of caregivers are struggling. Yeah. They, they love their kids. They love, they want to be the best parent possible, but they're struggling trying to, to find the energy, trying to find the hope, trying to find the, the empowerment to, to keep going. And really it's, it centers around this word that we've, we've just kind of camped ourselves out on. And that is the word resiliency. It's something that Kristen and I have taught on a lot. We've even done, we used to do it. We, we did a workshop called um, the resilient caregiver workshop um, a couple of years in a row. And a lot of the conversations that we are are having with uh, caregivers centers around this idea of resiliency. And I'm going to just pass it over to Kristen because, um, you know, people may be thinking, well, what do you mean by that? Right? So Kristen, take it away. Just totally oh, put you on the spot. You really did, because that's yeah. not what I thought you were going to say next, but that's okay. Um, no, I mean, re- resiliency is the ability to bounce back. And there's a lot of mis, um, misunderstanding around, you know, that that type of language. Um, yeah. We hear it, you know, all the time in the school system with our pediatricians. So this is not just an adoption-related term, Um we kind of all have that idea. Humans have the ability to bounce back. That's true. And resiliency is built. So the way that we build the ability to bounce back is through trust, consistency, time. Um, And so, you know, any of us who grew up in a, a decently healthy household, most of us need therapy, but um, any of us who grew up with parents who, who cared for us and provided for our needs and loved us know that we can kind of stretch outside of that. We can be yeah. um, hungry and dinner can, you know, be later and we're not panicking. I mean, I'm panicking a little, but we're not panicking. Yeah. A little. So yeah. I can say, oh, you know, bummer. The the staff is, you know, understaffed in, at this restaurant. It's okay. Dinner's going to be later. I'm just going to enjoy my time sitting here at the table with my friends. Um, but that ability to stretch myself, that was built because my needs have always been met. I know that there's going to be right. food. Um, so, you know, what that means for us as caregivers is that when that resiliency hasn't been built naturally, That means we have to be intentional about everything we do. Mm -hmm. That means everything from, and this is kind of a a Karen Purvis thing, I think. Um, Although I don't know, I've been to so many therapists with my kids. Maybe it was someone else. (laughs) But but it is the the idea that um, maybe our 12-year-old falls down and scrapes their knee. And they're plenty old enough to go clean that off themselves and get a Band-Aid. But we are going to go get a Um, Band-Aid. That child may not trust us enough to put the Band-Aid on, but we're going to say, hey, it's okay, honey, that's happened to me before too. Hang on, let me go get you a warm cloth. I've got a Band-Aid for you. Would it be okay if I put this, you know, on your knee for you? Um, That feels like a tangent, but that's our everyday life. We have to be thinking, how can I meet the child's needs intentionally? And if we have a child that that was raised in a trusting environment, by the time they're 12, we really might just say, oh, don't worry. You know, the Band-Aids are up in the cabinet. You're fine. Right, right, right. Um, but <clears throat> if we have a child that wasn't raised with that um, trust and connection, mm-hmm. then we're going to have to be intentional about everything we do. Yeah. We're going to be saying things like, I'm making dinner tonight and I know you don't love broccoli. 
I'm going to go ahead and make broccoli, but I was wondering, would you like to pick another vegetable? Yeah. So why that becomes though, uh, 24 hours a day, 365 day a year job because, um, job isn't how I mean to say that it's a lot of work to be constantly thinking, how can I rebuild what should have been built in the first place? Yeah. Um, and I always think at this point that it's extremely important to say that any child who has been removed from their family of origin has experienced trauma, period, end of story. I do not care if you were in the hospital with them while they were being born. Right. A child who has lost their families has experienced trauma. That trauma disrupts attachment. And now we spend potentially 30 years, 40 mm. years building that attachment and that security. So when we're talking about resiliency for caregivers, this is very much in the same vein. We have to build up our ability to bounce back. When we're thinking constantly, um, why are you melting down? Oh, no, why did you get so mad about that? It wasn't a big deal. Oh, shoot, you know, I I didn't pack your lunch today. You forgot it at home. Um, My mom would have said, well, that stinks for you. (laughs) Right, I right. get home because I, I was never hungry. But for us, yeah. we know that that becomes the lens through which we see every part of our day. Yeah. That's exhausting. So um, as as Mike and I are shifting, but certainly, you know, we talked about this a little before the recording as well. Um, it, it's it's tiring. We yeah. need resiliency too. Um, mm-hmm. We need an understanding of what's going on around us and in our homes. We need moments for rest. We need to decompress because when we do that, um, and it's not just you know self care. I know that's a buzzword, but when we are caring well for ourselves, we're actually building up that ability to bounce mm-hmm. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's whatever picture you want to choose. Whether it's you know you, you can only it, this is a picture in leadership all the time. Like you can only lead people as far as you go in yourself. Or yeah. Uh, the, you know, put on your mask before helping somebody else. Like the whole imagery there is just that we have to remember that for our kids, and this is something I thought about this weekend, like they've never been here before, right? They've, they've never been at that age before. They've never been at that stage before. We've, you know, for our, for those of us who are parenting multiple kids, for the oldest, first time you've ever gone through all of this as a parent, right? And so like, it can be, demoralizing, exhausting, all of that, if you believe that you're experiencing things that nobody else has to experience and it's so much more difficult for you than everybody else. And then if you're in the silo of, and I can't talk about this, everybody knows we're an adopted family and they think that we're the superheroes in the clique or on the on the block or in the church or in the, in the community. And now I can't admit to our friends that we're just mm. really struggling. And that that is a weight that is almost unbearable the longer yeah. you go as a, yeah. as a parent. So I love what you guys are talking about here. Yeah. Uh, when you're thinking about this, you know, in, in your own lives as you, as you parented, have there been some things that have been that uh, that gasp of air after being underwater, or the the cold water on a hot day? Have there been some things for you guys that have that have helped to refresh? Um, and Kristen, you mentioned self care being the buzzword. Yeah, we don't think about this as like getting nails done and like being at the salon or whatever, but like ways that you're able to refresh and rebuild yourself. Um, are there things that you guys have found that have been your go tos over the years for this? Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of things. Um, I think what, and I don't know if this would answer your question, but 
I think going back to what I was telling, what I was talking about earlier about attending that very first Empower to Connect conference in 2012, and Kristen mentioned this as well. There was four of us that sat there like blown away. We suddenly realized, oh, there's something bigger going on with our kids than just yeah. this. Nobody can see me doing this, but this quote bad behavior, right? Um, like there's a reason for this. Something happened to your child that's causing the behaviors, the triggers that you see. And so for us, I mean, yeah, taking time to, to you know, care for ourselves is, is crucial. Um, and caregivers listening, hear me say that, right? You, you, you mentioned this a moment ago that putting the mask on, right? The, the, the airplane mask uh, theory, not theory, but, you know, idea. Yeah. That's important. But one uh, way that you achieve resiliency um, is, and you, be, you move, you get onto the path of resiliency, I should say, is by reframing your perspective on what's really happening with your children. Um, and that's been a big, um, that's been a game changer for us over the years. To be able to step back um, when our child says something or does something, right, that is, you know, that, that could be alarming or could be extreme, and reminding ourselves of where that behavior comes from, of why that child is reacting like that, and what's happened to that child. And then being able to look through the lens of, okay, this is not a bad kid behaving badly. This is a child who's gone through something that I don't fully understand. Yeah. You know, they, they've experienced something that has changed the way they see the world around them. It's, it's, it's rewired their thinking. Yeah. You know, and, and when you can reframe their behavior, um, it, for me personally, it's helped me develop compassion, um, for, you know, what my children have gone through, but then also what they're currently going through. Yeah. You know, I, I can step back and say, okay, I know where this is coming from. I know where, what the origin is here. Reframe my perspective on, on, based on that and then respond to them out of that, out of that reframing. That is the, that puts you on a path of resiliency. Resiliency is not about perfection. It's not about getting it all right. It's not about ending the day and thinking, all right, well, I feel good about everything because <laughs> most days you may not be in that place. Resiliency right. is about, as Kristen said, the ability to bounce back, but it's also about the ability to move forward <laughs> and moving forward begins with reframing your child's behaviors. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kristen. I would only add to that community because mm -hmm. I think that when you are engaged with community who understands and, and yeah. a, a big qualification that we put around that, that person that, that you're in that deep community with is it's a person that loves you unconditionally and loves your child unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And this is important because you need a person who, um, my, mine is, I, I have two really good friends that I could tell anything to. So, um, you know, the conversation this morning was the frustration that my friend was having. She yeah. is driving me nuts. You'll never believe what she said this weekend. But the reason she can pour it all out is yeah. because I think her kid is fantastic. Right. And I, I mean, genuinely, not with it, you know, uh, well, she's fantastic, but, you know, she is one of the most amazing kids ever. So why can my friend call me and pour all of that out? Because she knows I'm going to listen and I'm going to say, um, dang, 
that stinks. I cannot believe she said that to you. What she also knows is that her child and I just spent the day together yesterday. And because in a community, we're supporting one another. So I didn't sit out with her kid having lunch saying, man, your mom really stinks. Um, (laughs) I didn't say anything about her mom at all. Um, I just, you know, I heard all about what, what's happening at school and all the drama. And, and then that led into, did you know what happened, you know, with my birth mom this week? And did you know what happened? It started to get a little deeper. Why? Just because we were, you know, well, I took her to lunch and by lunch, I mean, I let her get a root beer float for lunch, but it's fine because you need some of those people who, who will do a little bit of spoiling and a little bit of truth. Um, yeah. So my friend can pour that out to me and then she can know that at the end of that, I'm going to say, hey, I want to tell you one thing, like I totally get it. And that would make me so mad. Um, I want you to know that after we got lunch yesterday, she suggested we go get um, Mother's Day gifts and we went shopping and she picked out something super cool for you. So like take a deep breath because, um, you know, things are going to be okay. It, it's all of it. It's frustrating and it's and it's healing and it's wonderful. And uh, that friend has done, I, I mean, almost to the minute, moment by moment, the same thing with my children. She's yeah. like, yeah. Oh, I yeah. get that your kid is driving you nuts. Also, could I pick her up and take her to the movies? Right. If right. she needs some Monty time. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I would just add community. I, I think that that's the biggest, um, or the, the next, I mean, understanding for sure. It's mm-hmm. that understanding and then that sense of community. I think, you know, that the secondary or, or just a, another benefit of that is within your kids, like raising your kids in a community where that's happening a lot and your parents are modeling Hey, we're, when we need help, we reach out. We've got people that, that are our people and they know everything. And, and we're always kind of in lockstep and those people love me and support me and have my back. And they've got us at basketball games and we're going to this and this and this like that, that model then like, as yeah, I just think as my wife and I were getting started forming our family years ago, like there were some things for us that were uh, non-negotiables. So we got to find, you know, this and this and this in our community. And we got to find friends really quickly and all this and and now I think, man, we had no idea that what we actually needed were, you know, this other component of community, that deeper level of, of community and, and care. Yeah. And so for our kids now being raised in that, like that becomes a default for them as they're launching into the world. Like, mm-hmm. well, I know what kind of community I need to have and, and I can help to build that because I've been a part of it growing up that yeah. way, which is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I... Yeah, it uh, it does. And there's there's a an important um connection to community that I think is crucial here and it also goes back to what we experienced in 2012 and when and the and the reason why we started uh, the honestly adoption company and that is that the that education piece. You know, yeah. when you when you the way that you reframe uh your perspective is by getting educated on how childhood trauma changes the brain and how it you know, it dictates present behaviors and how it's impacted your child. Um, anytime we get a chance to to talk about the impact of trauma, we we jump at that opportunity because um, e- even in a world that is filled with trauma, we see trauma all the time. I mean, open up the USA Today app and it's like trauma, 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 trauma. It's just every single article. I just had, I literally had to put down my USA Today app the other day because I'm like, this is, this is just like literally the first 10 stories are just traumatic, right? 
but to, to, to get educated on how childhood trauma impacts your child, how it's changed your child and, and how it's, you know, it's rewired their thinking, connect that with community. And that's how you reframe your perspective. That's how you, you continue down the path of resiliency. So, and that's what, that's what changed back in 2012. That was that first step into, um, you know, education, um, being at that first empowered to connect conference, or at least first for us, um, changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's huge. (laughs) Changing gears a little bit. Authors of multiple books, Mm -hmm. um, and I would assume not done with that. Um, what for you guys, like what, maybe it's resiliency right now. What is kind of a motivating factor for writing new content? And and when is it that's a turning point for you to think like, we've got to get this into a new book. Like uh, we've already written this, but we've got to turn the corner and, and do this new project now. Mm. Man, yeah. what's the turning point? That's a good question. Very good question. Yeah. I think that as a human, we're growing and changing all the time. Um, I mm-hmm. never want to be stagnant. Um, mm-hmm. my, my grandma just died last year at 96 mm-hmm. years old. And, um, you know, my grandma was always doing something new. She's like, you know, well, I had to go over to the church and lead the VBS. And I'm like, grandma, okay. Um, that seems dangerous. You didn't drive. Right. You know, but, um, you know, the, the always growing, the always learning. I, I remember sharing a lot of this stuff actually with her. Um, she was a former kindergarten teacher and, um, you know, kind of talking with my extended family um, who who has sort of the, they don't say this, but all I can think of is the spare the rod, spoil the child kind of, you know, yeah, sure, sure, sure. attitude like, well, we discipline and that's what we do and we all behave. Right. Right. Um, but listening to my my family, who again are all educators, so from ninety six years old all the way down to um, you know my, my aunts and uncles and my cousins, as I'm sharing this this insight about trauma or about resiliency or about um, you know fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, you yeah. see the light bulb come on, and so even those people in our family who are already retired from that career were then looking back and saying, "I really messed up with this kid that mm. I had in 1967." Mm. Um, and, and and we're going to do that, you know. We're Mike and I constantly are sitting down and saying, "Well, mess that up at dinner tonight." <laughs> like that right. wasn't what I meant to do. Um, and so if we're continuing to move forward, then the turning point, you know, whatever it is you do in life, it, the turning point to change direction is always that that new insight or, um, yeah. and in our case, yeah. because we are people, people, it's, man, I just learned something new. How can I share that with the next person? Yeah. yeah. Mike, anything to add to that? Anything different for you? Yeah. You know, it. it's uh, the books that we have written are very real in nature, right? Cause we are, you know, we are real caregivers who are completely 100% on this journey. So we understand what caregivers are going through. So a lot of what we, we, we talk about and we write about are real life stories and experiences. And in fact, that's all, that is what we write about. And so in terms of like creating new content, it's all based around, you know, what, 
we're really going through, the conversations that we really have. I mean, there's not almost not a week where we don't send an email out to our subscribers that starts with, you know, a lot of you guys have have shared with us, or we were talking to our coaching group members, or we were, you know, having a conversation at this conference with, you know, because that's really where we we keep that's that's how you keep the finger on the pulse of what people need. Yeah. And so, you know, the resources we create, um, whether it's paid resources in our university or it's our, our free downloads are all based around this, the, this real journey where people really need hope, right? So um, in terms of books, writing books, new books, um, they're, they're always in the works. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything in the queue yeah. just right now because we've been busy with, you know, this, uh, this relaunch and, and all this, you know, everything else we've been doing, plus being parents, right? <laughs> so I can't imagine uh, why you haven't worked up on the know, book right? in that process too. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, it's, it's all, it's there. It all, as, as any author knows, most of you have all these books that live up in, inside of your brain and you just tend to get them out on paper, but, but more to come for sure, you know, by all means. Um, last question, and we can kind of, kind of uh, come to home on this. Um, you mentioned looking at the USA Today app. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've had that same experience scrolling Twitter re- recently, just uh, story after story after story after story of things that I feel like it's probably recency bias, but I feel like uh, growing up would have been world stopping type current events. And mm-hmm. they're now just kind of blips on the radar of just here's another mass shooting. Here's another, you know, yep. horrific tragedy. Here's another thing that we can't even believe happened. Um, for, for parents, especially parents of kids who have experienced, you know, adversity, loss, grief, all of that. Um, what encouragement would you offer parents right now as they're going through um, what, what feels to be a pretty uniquely heavy period of time in life? Um, I, I would say, you know, it's something we have been saying for nearly a decade now, and that is you are not alone, that you are, we see you. Um, you know, that, and we know you because we are you, Mm. you know, um, that's, that's the drive behind what we do. You know, we know firsthand how difficult this journey can be, but also that, that there's a lot of hope. You can find a lot of hope on this journey and, um, there are resources that help you become a better caregiver. Um, you know, that's, that's what our, our, passion is to, it, it, we have a passion to create resources that help you become the best caregiver possible. Um, so Kristen, what were you going to say? I was thinking broader picture. Um, you know, as a parent, my job is to, um, not only to raise my children well, but to create a better world. Um, and so if you're, you know, if you're watching on the news and you can't believe that there's another mass shooting, um, don't, don't just stop and say, man, that's too bad. Um, do something about it. And and there are things that we can do, um, uh, understand who your legislators are, understand what they're voting for, understand what their actual beliefs are and what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and then write to them, call them, um, our legislators, if if you're listening in and you're like, dang, that's Kristen Berry who keeps uh, writing to me. Sorry, but also not because, you know, <laughs> work for me. And so you're just going to keep getting emails right. until things get yeah. better or phone calls from me until things get better. 
Um, but, but there are things to do and, and that can feel very discouraging. I definitely, um, here in my state, um, feeling discouraged, you know, I'm saying, listen, you're voting for me and, and my kids don't feel safe or, um, yeah. and, or, you know, there's some laws, uh, around, um, uh, snap food stamps, um, you know, for people with food insecurity, there's possibility to build on those things and to, um, create more access for people. But there's also, you know, currently right now in the works, um, you know, budget cuts for those things. And we know that when we are raising children from vulnerable communities, that it is our responsibility to um, to build up those communities, empower those communities, and hopefully make it a better and safer place. So what do we do? Um, if you understand something, if you hear something, research it. We've all got Google, you know, in our pocket. Google it. Um, and then say, okay, who's in charge of that? Who can I call? Is there anything I can do? Um, I may not be able to change the laws around um, food stamps, for instance, but I can find out where in my community people can get free food and I can start mm -hmm. helping. So do something yeah. to build up the community around you so that hopefully the news is is not so sad forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I I, I absolutely 100% agree with Kristen, you know, like, um, take action, you know, like, like the, the worst thing you can do is sit idle when you see things that, that like just tear you to shreds. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're pretty passionate about that. Like if you follow us, follow us on social media, you'll, you'll see that we are very justice minded, um, in the, and, and we're not shy about that, you know, but yeah. you know, for you as a caregiver, I also think like, I, it's back to that education piece that we talked about a, a moment ago, you know, educating yourself. Um, I think educating yourself on the realities of trauma can also help you with your worldview, not just your view of your children. It, it's important with, with viewing your children, but it also like the education that we've received on, you know, how childhood trauma impacts the brain and how it dictates behaviors and how to, how to effectively respond to behaviors helps us to, reframe our perspective on this world as much as it does our children. Um, we created a couple of resources that are free downloads. We always love to share this um, with, with yeah. uh, audience members because um, like I said, we're passionate about this. One of those resources is a resource called Trauma Knowledge 101, and it is the basic understanding of how child, uh, how trauma impacts the brain. Um, it's actually an 18 minute training video that Kristen did um, a couple of years ago on the difference between chronic trauma, acute trauma, um, how to, uh, she gets into behavior response and how to make sense of behaviors and then gives a really simple, easy to apply framework for, um, for how to navigate those tricky waters. Um, and that's, you can find that at honestlyadoption.com slash get trauma 101. It's a little bit of a tricky URL. Get trauma 101. We'll and then sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you those links. But then the other um resource we have is our behavior response blueprint, which is our a four-part, uh, four-step process to effectively restoring calm in your household. So what do you do when those e extreme behaviors happen? How do you respond? Like, how do you make sense of it? And so we created this blueprint. To, to just be a go-to guide. And not only do we have that blueprint, but we also provide scripts, um, go-to statements, phrases, words you can use to say to your children to connect to them, right? Versus what you want to say. 
<laughs> you know? So instead of saying, what is wrong with you? Learning to say, how can I help you? Like what's, what's really happening? So, uh, and you can find that at honestly adoption.com slash blueprint. Simple as that. Okay. Yeah. Well, those links are in the show notes below. Uh, so check those out if you have not already. Um, guys, lastly, I guess where, where can everybody find you online um, to follow what you're, what you're doing? That's you, Mike. I never Oh, remember. I get to do the URL. Yeah. So honestlyadoption.com. Yeah. So that's where you can find out. That's that's our homepage. You can you can see all the work we do. Uh, we also have a podcast called the Honestly Adoption Podcast. Um, that's honestlyadoption.com slash podcast. Um, but yeah, that's where you find us. We'd love to connect with you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. And um, yeah, best of luck in the future thousand books you're gonna write. <laughs> Thank you. Well, again, just a great time with Mike and Kristen and uh, a huge thanks to them for coming on and just sharing their, their life, sharing their, their, um, stuff so vulnerably today. And, um, and just, yeah, really enjoyed them. That's all I can say. Uh, again, reminder to check out the links they shared in the show notes. You can find, uh, everything about Mike and Kristen, where to follow them. Um, the, details on their website, uh, their podcast, all that. You can find that in the show notes below. So a big thank you to them. A big thank you also to Kyle Wright, our man who edits and engineers all the audio here on the Empowered to Connect podcast, as well as Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the ETC podcast. I'm J.D. Wilson. For everybody here at ETC, we'll see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.